Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Friends, in just a few moments, myself and the uh, other ministers are going to be distributing ashes, marking your foreheads, saying, there's two options. The first is repent and believe in the gospel. I'm going with the second option for us today, which is remember you are dust, and unto dust you shall return. Remember you are dust, and unto dust you shall return. The ashes that we have for every year for Ash Wednesday, where do they come from? They came from living things, living things that were once flourishing and alive. That's either olive branches or palm branches that were used the year previous for Palm Sunday that were blessed, that were waved in commemoration of Jesus' glorious entrance into Jerusalem. Those palm branches that were once part of trees, flourishing, alive, photosynthesizing, do it when palm branches do. They were cut down, reduced, and eventually they dried up, were burned, and turned into ash. You don't get much deader than ash. They're reduced to death. Remember you are dust, and unto dust you shall return. Remember, right? Remember. Bring to mind, have in mind the fact of your death. The fact that our death approaches with every breath, with every day. St. Benedict, who was really kind of the genius behind the the resurgence of the church after the fall of the Roman Empire, St. Benedict of Norcia, he would recommend to his monks and his rule for his community, he said, keep death before your eyes daily. Keep death before your eyes daily. The monks would often greet each other with the phrase, frater, memento mori. Brother, remember death. Brother, remember death. Why? Not to be depressing, not to be macabre, but to constantly remind each other to live life with the end in mind. To live life with the end in mind. To live their lives well. To prioritize what ought to be prioritized and to let go of what ought to be let go of. To let go of what's ultimately superfluous. Part, the, a huge part of our suffering, a huge part of our struggle in the spiritual life is that we don't live with the end in mind. We don't live with the end in mind. And you and I will never make sense out of our lives until we've made sense out of our deaths, until we've reckoned with and contemplated that moment. Like, what do you want to hear when you stand before the Lord? Not if, but when. When you stand before the Lord, do you want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into your master's joy? Which is what everyone wants to hear, right? Or the other thing that no one wants to hear? Because we're going to stand before and we're going to hear one of those two things. So if that's the case, what must I do now? How must I be living my life now? What sorts of things must I be letting go of now in order to bring myself to that final moment? in order to be at that final moment, to hear the Lord saying that to me. That opening prayer you hear for Ash Wednesday, as we begin this campaign of Christian service, there's militaristic overtones there, right? This campaign of Christian service, armed with weapons of self-restraint. That there's something, I have to go to battle against something, not out there, but something in me. 
There's stuff in me that I have to go to war against. All of that attachment. Man, if you want to go to battle, go to battle with your attachments. So here we are at the beginning of Lent, and we're hearing the Good Shepherd. We're hearing Jesus speaking to us. Jesus, who's the Good Shepherd. Jesus, who is the Father in that story of the prodigal son. Jesus, who is begging us to come to our senses and to return to him. Every year, right? Every year, Ash Wednesday, we hear the same words from the prophet Joel from that first reading. It's not the heart of an angry father. It's not the heart of a disappointed, they're not the words of a disappointed father. It's the words of a heartbroken father. Those words, return to me with your whole heart. Return to me. It's not a dad saying, get over here. (laughs) Who's made this mess? It's a father who's heartbroken, who's filled with compassion and kindness and mercy and most of all, tenderness. Return to me, not with bits of your heart. Return to me with your whole heart. Rend your heart, he says, not your garments. In other words, open your heart. Open your heart. Or St. Paul, when he says, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. You know what that word reconciliation actually means, reconcile? It comes from reconcilia. Cilia, meaning eyelash. To be reconciled to God is to be brought back to God Eyelash to eyelash, face to face. Be reconciled to God. Return your face to the Lord. Return your face to the Lord. Lent is not about punishing ourselves. It's about resting ourselves free from all of those false lovers that we've turned to, following Jesus into the desert so that our Father can see us. We need to live with that end in mind because right now as as it is, right, we have turned to face so many other, as Pope Benedict called, he's called them faces that are not faces, idols. We have so many idols, so many lesser gods, but the hour is not yet too late for us. We still have breath in our lungs. We still have work to do. We still have a God who is fighting for us, who's fighting for our freedom. He doesn't stand aloof to us. He longs for us to return to him even now, Even now, after all that this past year has been, after all of the well-meaning, well-wishes, well-intentions, this whole year, whatever it's been, whatever success or failure it's been, the Lord is saying, yeah, even now, you're not too far gone. Even now, return to me. Even now. And so we begin again this Lent. Amen.